Welcome to the Space Podcast, the hub of curiosities and visions about space, Earth and life. My name is Francesco Cirillo and I will investigate with you the connections between what we see and what we perceive. And I won't be alone in this journey. Our guests will share with us their experience, thoughts and opinions. Join me to discover the beauty and complexity of our world. In this episode of the Space Podcast, Didier Schmidt, Space 19 Plus Coordinator for Human and Robotic Exploration at the European Space Agency, remarks the outcomes of the conference held in Seville, Spain, and ESA's efforts to drive the space industry. So, Didier, first and foremost, thanks a lot for your time. We are very glad you are here. Before jumping into the Space 19 Plus conference, the main topic of this episode, I'd like to know a bit more about yourself and your responsibilities at the ESA. My background is actually academic. I was uh, working on extreme environments and, and, and medical research for many years. And then I have been recruited by ESA to be the head of space station utilization for everything which has to do with health and biology and even exobiology, which led me after many years now to actually coordinate the space exploration part of the program to prepare this uh, miniatural conference, which has just taken place in Sevilla. Thank you very much, Didier, for your short introduction and, of course, for being here on the Space Podcast channel. Now, I would like to focus with you on the main topic, the Space 19 Plus conference. So what this is about and why this is one of the most important events of the year. The European Space Agency functions as a uh, intergovernmental organization, which means that we are dependent on our member states for the financing of our programs. So the mechanism is that every three years we make a proposal to the member states and then they we have a meeting at the minister level where the ministers decide on the budget that we are proposing with the content we are proposing. So this year, as every three years, we have this uh, conference in Sevilla this time. What is very important this time is that we got actually the biggest budget ever, which means we have over 12 billion euros for the three next years. This is a record. It shows that all the member states do agree that space is, is uh, more important every year, so to say, for uh, all the applications we can provide. So can I affirm that we will remember this meeting, this council in the years to come due to the outcomes of the Space 19 Plus conference? I mean, reading the uh, press release, the ESA's press release, actually, it is written that this will change the future, the ESA's future in terms of commitment. Is it so important for the future of everything? It is so important what has been decided there in Seville. It will change so deeply the industrial and space landscape in Europe and perhaps all over the world? Now, what is very important um, these days, we are probably the only, or I can still say for sure, the only space agency worldwide who does all space programs. We do uh, launchers, we do telecommunication, we do Earth observation, we do exploration, we do space science, astrophysics and so on. We do navigation with the Galileo program. So we do we do the whole spectrum of space. So which means that this is understandable if you then look at the budget that we receive, which is quite quite significant. So what it will really change this time is that we're going full speed ahead, for example, for Earth observation. 
So we have now a full program together also, of course, with the European Union on observing the climate change. You have seen also recently in the last couple of days that the, European, the new European Commission has set as a high priority climate change issues and, and, and mitigation. And so we're fully in line with the European and international questioning on how we can tackle climate change. This is a, a very concrete example. So do can I assume that thanks to decisions adopted during the meeting, the European Space Agency focus is broadening, including within its spectrum of activities, social and environmental environmental aspects rather than just the scientific ones, as perhaps was in the past. Yes, indeed. You know, the European Space Agency is, is a really high-tech uh, agency, and the people who work here, you know, they define uh, very complicated programs and so on. Sometimes they're quite, they're not so good in telling what they do, you know. They sell, they, they, we're brilliant in, in technology, we make the best satellites, you know, the most efficient exploration programs, and so on and so forth. But it's not well known because people are not really inclined to talk about it in the right, in the right way. Mm-hmm. So it is absolutely clear that for climate change, we will be the world champion for climate change observation from space. This is absolutely clear. Not the US, not China, nobody else is as to what we are, we are currently doing and we will do even more uh, from now on. For example, we are now designing satellites who will have uh, an extreme high resolution to monitor carbon dioxide emissions at a few kilometers, you know, precision, which means it's not just in the atmosphere in general. We will know exactly the location of carbon dioxide emissions, CO2 emissions in the future. And we are the only ones doing this worldwide. Wow, this is very interesting. And this is a strong statement from your side. And it's very important from my point of view to say it clear and loud that there's a lot going on. So what's more in terms of future missions and broadly about space programs? Well, this uh, space conference at ministerial level of the European Space Agency here at Sevilla has made a very big breakthrough. You know, it's only every 20 or 30 years that we take very big decisions on space exploration. If you take the example of the International Space Station, you know, the decisions have been made early 90s and we have then, it has taken 10 years to assemble it and then 30 years operation. So now we are going much beyond the space station. Of course, we will continue the space station operation and utilization also with astronauts, including Italian astronauts on board. But the very, very big and new thing here in Sevilla as a decision is the fact that we now go to the moon as well. In this very moment, talking about the moon is very interesting because there are a number of expeditions and missions, I'm thinking, for instance, at NASA's Artemis program, which is very challenging, but is very interesting at the same time. The ESA, as well as many other space agencies is playing a part within this project within this mission but there are also others can you give us more lines about what's going on around the moon we go to the moon in two ways the first one is with nasa with, with the new what is called artemis program to put uh, back humans on the moon but on a sustainable basis and there we will make studies you know to have logistic shipment for the moon space station which is called gateway and on this gateway we will provide major elements like habitation modules and reshooting of the space station. But listening to your words, it seems from the outside that this may be the best time ever to join the ESA. Is this correct? Because according to all the programs, all the announcements done during the last month, and in particular during the Space Plus 19 conference, it seems that there is a lot going on and there's a lot 
ahead. So is this the right moment to try to look for a future within the agency? Yes, I mean, first of all, there are two elements in the new exploration program for the moon. The first one is fully integrated in the NASA program on back to the moon, the surface of the moon with humans. But we have also a new program activity where we want to land on the moon with a, with a relatively big lunar lander. But this is on our own, which means that Europe will design the lander, will build the lander and operate it, and we will also launch it. So we'll have this lander will be compatible with an Ariane 64, so the new generation of Ariane rockets, with a launch probably in 2027. So we will have something very specific. You know, there are many space agencies and even private initiatives now now to land on the moon. But our specificity is that we will have the best uh, lander ever because we want to be able to land in a human environment. It means that we want to be able to land with the system, automatic system, very close, you know, maybe a few hundred of meters of human habitations in the future on the moon. So which means that the technology that we will develop for this uh, robotic lander is well above, you know, the, the uh, what is being planned by other agencies or private companies. So let's broaden the picture for a moment. How would you describe the actual landscape of the space industry as of now? Yeah, there are mainly two elements, you know, for space industry. One, of course, is the challenge that we have. We have always to do better, faster, and and more and more complicated. It, that is true, for example, for the launchers. You know, the new Ariane six uh, program. We have to do better than before, more performance, and divide the price by two, which is quite challenging. Otherwise, we are not competitive enough. So that's the first element. We have to do better satellites. We have to do better telecommunication satellites for 5G from space. So that's also immensely challenging. First observation, we have to be much more precise with our with our satellites than we have been before, and so on and so forth. You know, for human space flight, we have to be a more secure flight. So you have to go further than the space station. The space station is 400 kilometers above us, and we want to go to the moon, which is 400,000 kilometers away. So you see, the challenges are always of so for industry, this is a challenge everywhere. Sorry if I'm interrupting you, but if I understood well, the market is asking you to double the quality of your products and at the same time to split in half costs. Wow, this is a big request from the market. It's very challenging. But you mentioned previously there's another aspect which is very important for you. For example, Earth observation and navigation, you know, people don't know this enough, but you know your GPS uh, uh, in your car. From now on, if you have to call it Galileo because this is the European navigation system, which is now put in place, which will be better and is already better than the one from the US. So now industry has another challenge is to provide these services, not just the satellite. From your privileged observatory, where the space industry is going and which will be the main business trends in the years to come? Yeah, the main trends are very simple. First of all, you have to integrate the full spectrum. We have to be able to launch uh, satellites in space, we have to be able to operate them, and we have to be able to handle the data. 
You know, there is observation data currently in, in Europe that we, the satellites we're building, are, are four terabytes nearly every day, you know, downloading of data from Earth observation and so on. So we have, the biggest challenge now is to handle the data, the big data, and to put into this mm-hmm. artificial intelligence, you know, to uh, be able to get most of all this huge data, which is doubling every every second year, you know, uh, from space. So the space industry now needs to adapt to bring the services back to the to the citizens, you know, in your car for uh, navigation or in your applications for uh, knowing what kind of pollution levels you have in your town every day and every every minute. So, on. so that is the biggest challenge today, to have the better satellites and to have a better service. Thank you very much once again today for your time and for your visions and thoughts about the future of the space industry. Thank you very much. That's it for today. I want to thank once more Didier Schmidt, Space 19 Plus Coordinator for Human and Robotic Exploration at European Space Agency, for having shared with us the main outcomes of the conference held in Seville, as well as the actual state of play of the space industry. And if you'd like to comment, add another angle or suggest a new topic, please do write us at thespacepodcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Facebook and to subscribe our channel on iTunes and Spotify. From me, Francesco Cirillo, that's all. Thank you, goodbye, and enjoy your space.